Fesser. Fesser, the delivery right by Adams. Rebound! It's Bjork Olsen! And Vermont Green up two! Cohen claims a body. Kobe over the goalie and Vermont Green in front again. Ryan Kobe. Salvez. O'Neal the turn. Mark O'Neal. Ridiculous stuff. Oh, baby, Mark O'Neal, that was a delight. Finds a way to get it to Lily, who gets it to Nwagbo. He puts it on target. Oh, Diva Nwagbo did it from the sideline. Diva Nwagbo, highlight reel, and we've got our first. There we go. Here we go. So uh, this is United in Green. Uh, we are officially two minutes late tonight. Uh, that's not a problem. Will was looking for his dongle. Um, and <laughs> we can make jokes about that later on. Um, but uh, we're pleased to have uh, our friend Will back. How are you doing today, Will? Doing well. I did find my dongle. So that's that's good to good to report in. And uh, excited to be here tonight. Uh, talk to our exciting guest and uh, have a good time. Yeah. And uh, uh, without any further ado, I won't tell you anything about my day because Will knows about my afternoon. Um, uh, I, I am a supporter of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, uh, as the reason for my name there. Um, but uh, so I had a really awful afternoon. But uh, we'll get right to our, our special guest, uh, Coach Pfeiffer. How you doing? Doing well. Happy to be here. Excited to chat about the upcoming season, and you know, last year obviously. So should be fun. You know, every time every time we uh, we get on the pod and we, uh, you know, these preseason pods are fun, um, especially for for us, because we get to meet a lot of the players and uh, a lot of the faces that are around the club. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, going forward, the, the structure might change a little bit once we get into the season, we start reviewing games and that kind of stuff. But for right now, it's super fun for us to to get to know a lot of the faces that we saw last year. Um, so getting right into it. Uh, I, I guess our first question is uh, of our guests is always, what is your uh, soccer origin story? And uh, in your case, how did you uh, go from there to get into coaching? Um, it was just kind of the natural progression for me when I stopped playing to to continue on in the game. And, um, you know, it had always been kind of the my passion and, and what was uh, – you know, sort of drove me and made me happy, uh, you know, since I was probably five years old. So, um, so it's always been soccer. Uh, there's never really been, um, you know, anything else that I've been very good at. And, uh, you know, so, so that was always kind of, you know, my focus from, from a pretty young age and, um, yeah, kind of, uh, wound up uh just feeling like it like I said it was a natural progression for me to to go from you know once I was done playing college I tried to play for a little bit and had had some injuries and stuff that that probably didn't do a good enough job rehabbing from it was just like you know and at the time you know soccer in the U.S. was very different than it is right now um just in terms of of you know sort of the 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 vision that a that a young player can have for for a future in the game um is, is very different than it was, you know, it's 20 years ago now. Um, so, you know, that, 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 that's changed quite a bit. And so for me, it, it, you know, it made sense to get into coaching pretty soon after I was done playing. So has the Vermont Green been your first experience coaching or have you had other opportunities before this? No, I've been coaching for probably 19 years now. Um, you know, right again, like started out, uh, coaching club once I was done at BC, done playing and then, and then joined up at, at, uh, at Boston college as a, as a volunteer and then went on to Northeastern, um, as my first kind of full-time, um, you know, job in soccer, um, you know, continued on coaching club and, and at Northeastern. And then when my wife became the, the field hockey coach, here at the University of Vermont, we uh, we moved up here and and you know I volunteered for for a couple of years actually at uh, at Middlebury with Dave Sayward who who was just a great guy to be around and um, just as I was you know kind of trying to get my feet you know here in Vermont from a professional standpoint started working with Nordic and then um, got a job at Norwich um, I've been there since and you know worked with Far Post a little bit and then obviously you know uh, Matt and Pat and Sam and 
and Keel and those guys uh, came up with this incredible idea. And, you know, here we are. I've, you know, uh, I, I've discussed this or we've discussed this with uh, our other guests is, you know, I think this is a town that's always been kind of not just a town, but like the area or the state itself um, as, you know, American football kind of is is starting to die and go by the wayside, you know, with uh, head injuries and that kind of, in that kind of stuff, people are turning their, their kids to soccer. Um, so <clears throat> I, I feel like this, this is the perfect time uh, for a project like this and for, and for uh, the youth to be able to see that even in our small state that we can produce great soccer. Um, and, and I think that a lot of people here, soccer in Vermont, it's kind of an afterthought, right? So um, I think that like when, when you guys uh, have these nights where you're inviting some of these youth players and stuff and their families, um, it, it really, it really solidifies that, that, that fact that um, a lot of these kids who are just getting into the sport are, are going to be, you know, are going to be, be able to fall in love with the sport that they can see played professionally or semi-professionally um, on a weekly basis in the summertime when they're, when they're off and they have the time to do that kind of stuff. Um, how has your involvement with the youth programs, like through Nordic and fire post that my son is at fire post and he, he uh, actually is being coached by stage right now. Um, but how has that experience kind of shaped the way that you deal with these young college kids? I mean, is it, is it different than, because my wife is a, a preschool teacher, you know, an early childhood teacher, how, how different is it teaching the young kids versus these college kids who kind of have that knowledge base, but are still kind of raw? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's very different, you know, going from coaching, you know, under 12s or under 13s to, to, to working with, you know, the kids that I have uh, or the men that I have at Norwich and then, you know, the guys that we're working with at, at Vermont Green, like it, it's all different, right? Um, I think, you know, for me, when I came to Vermont, like one thing that I noticed right away, and this is just, you know, driving from, I was living in North Ferrisburg to uh, Burlington was, was just, uh, how, how many, you, you see stickers everywhere. And I would always see Nordic and Synergy and Farpost and Capital stickers on cars. And, you know, if you go to a farmer's market on a Saturday morning, like you see kids in their Farpost uniforms, you, you know, you see, you see the orange, you see the green of Nordic, you know, you'd see the red, uh, of Capital, you'd see, you'd see, um, you know, the, the, the Synergy kids, like, you know, red and yellow. And, you know, I'd see these, these kids all over the place and I, I, I couldn't help, but kind of be, um, you know, taken aback by that a little bit coming from Boston, which is a place that, you know, you see people in Red Sox uniforms or, or, or a Patriots shirt or, you know, um, you know, the stickers are, it's a Patriot sticker, it's a, it's a Bruins sticker or whatever, like on their cars, you know, the bumper stickers And here, it was very different. Um, not that you don't see some of those, you know, some of those professional, you know, clubs and sports, it's just, you know, here, um, you know, the, the, the pride that people had for their hometown teams was, was very apparent. And, and I had also had, had a pretty, um, you know, I had good experiences coming up here playing against when it was the, when USL2 was the PDL, coming up here and playing against the voltage um, years and years ago. And this was always our favorite place uh, to come up and play because there was a crowd at the games. Like we, we, I played for the Cape Cod Crusaders. We, we had, um, you know, excellent teams and tons of future pros and future, you know, U S internationals and future Jamaican internationals on that team. Um, and, you know, when, when we would come up here, it was always really difficult to play and it was always, you know, a, a great atmosphere to play in, um, you know, and that was up in St. Albans. That wasn't even in Burlington. Like we would stop off in Burlington and have lunch and, you know, spend some time on church street and then go, go play a game and then head back. Um, so, you know, I, I had always felt like there was a, I don't know if it's a market, but an appetite for, for, you know, um, you know, for soccer in the summer here when there isn't, uh, quite as much going on in terms of, um, you know, the, you know, UVM 
having, you know, the basketball team player and the hockey team player and the soccer team player and the lacrosse team playing like it, it's, it, you know, we, there's just not as much going on, um, in that area. And, and, um, you know, it, it seemed like the perfect place to, to develop, um, the right kind of club. And I think, you know, again, like Matt and Pat and Sam and, and Keel and those guys, like they, 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 they understand Vermont and, um, have done an unbelievable job kind of, um, creating a community club. Um, and it's pretty, you know, I think for all of us that are involved in it, um, whether it's, you know, you guys, um, as, as supporters of the club or, or, you know, the people that are involved in the technical side or people that are involved in the, you know, the marketing and the, um, you know, the, 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 you know, environmental or social justice, you know, side of the club or the players, of course, you know, everybody has the, the same kind of excitement. Um, it, it's not, uh, it's not just, uh, you know, the players and the staff or, you know, the people involved, it's everybody around the club is, is contributing to something that it truly feels special. And, and, you know, we're getting that a lot from people from the outside that we know in soccer that are, you know, I get texts all the time from friends that, you know, a friend in Chicago or a friend in Las Vegas or a friend that's down in Texas. And, you know, somebody walks into uh, a restaurant with a Vermont green shirt on, they're just like, what is going on here? So it's pretty that, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool and pretty special. But, you know, I definitely think Vermont is the perfect place for USL2 club. So I want to focus on sort of the start of last season. Uh, you know, you come in, you've got all these guys, you've got a short period of time to really, you know, grow and accomplish something. You know, what was sort of the expectation from your perspective as far as performance through the season? Was this sort of an experiment or did you come in, you know, with expectations to make the playoffs as, as you did? I think, you know, if I'm being honest, like when we looked at the team um, coming into preseason uh, or, you know, not really preseason, but we got a few days before before the season started, I, I think we felt like we were going to have the players to make the playoffs. Um, it was just really a matter of, you know, understanding that in USL two, like a lot, some of the players are going to get called home early uh, or called back to their college teams early. That's just reality. Um, you know, I'd had some experience with that as a player, but even more as a college coach, you know, when I was at Northeastern, uh, the concern that we had for a, a player playing, you know, at that time there were more games in USL two, or it was called the PDL then, you know, they would play like 18 games. And if you made the playoffs, it could get to as many as like 21 games. And if you're somebody that was playing every one of those games and every minute in those games, you know, you come into preseason for college spent. Um, and so, you know, that part of it, we, we, we didn't know exactly how that was going to play out in the first year. Um, you know, this year it's very different. Like we've got a very, you know, we have, we've planned for some players to leave and then other players to come in and, and, and replace them um, based on when um, some of these guys end their finals um, and finish up school. So, um, you know, there's some guys on the West coast that'll be coming, you know, maybe, a third of the way through the summer that missed the first few games and that, and that get here later. Um, and then other guys that, that, that will be here for the first half of the summer that then have to leave. But uh, that level um, should remain constant throughout the summer. Um, and so that was the biggest, that was kind of the biggest question mark going into last season. So it was, it was, it was like, we knew that guys were going to leave. Um, it was whether or not we were going to be in a position to make the playoffs, you know, when that happened. And then, you know, there's, there's obviously, you know, some guys that didn't feature in games earlier in the year that stepped up and, and did an incredible job at the end of the season. You know, I think that was the part that was a little bit harder to predict. Um, we, we knew we would have a good team. Um, but, but it's football, right? Like you, you, you know, so many things can go right. So many things can go wrong. Um, and you know, you hope that you're strong enough to overcome kind of some of that, that, that stuff that comes up during the course of a year. Um, it was close, obviously at the end of the season, um, you know, you'd like it to be, uh, you know, a little bit more comfortable at the end of the year in terms of, you know, getting into the playoffs, but, um, look, it was the, the drama was, you know, was special and it was unique that last day. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it could have worked out a whole lot better to be <laughs> fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the goals this year have, you know, we have moved a little bit, but, um, you know, we could easily 
go 14 and 0, not we can easily go 14 0. You could go 14 and 0 and lose that first game in the playoffs. And, you know, we'd be one step behind where we were last year in a way. Um, so, you know, it, it, it can go a lot of different ways, but um, we knew the team would be strong. We just didn't, we, we, we didn't know how things would, would kind of play out during the course of the season. Were you surprised by the strength of the recruitment in the inaugural season? You know, it is Vermont. It's quite far up north. It seems to be one of the smaller divisions in the USL, too. It really seems like you attracted some top-level players. I know yeah. Ivo Bjorgelson was one of the top prospects in the league last year. So, and, and, you know, to have the first season and grab somebody like that seems pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was something that, that that you know, Matt and, you know, I talked about from – you know, the summer before. So, you know, the summer of, of, uh, you know, 2021, you know, that was, that was part of what we had spoken about was, was how we would go out and, and recruit players. Um, you know, a lot of that was going to be done through relationships in college soccer and, and, you know, not just necessarily, not so much targeting individual players, but targeting programs that we thought would, would want their players to be in the kind of environment that we, we were hoping to provide. And that was, you know, our guys train at nine o'clock every morning. Um, there's a lot of USL two clubs that don't do that. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll train, you know, guys will go to work all day and then, you know, we'll, we'll come for a training session at, at, you know, seven o'clock at night. It's different for us. Like, like, like the guys that come here, come here obviously for, for, for the experience of being in Vermont, um, the experience of, you know, now this year they come for you guys, right? They, they come to play um, for the supporters because that, you know, that's obviously a game changer, but we believed that that would happen. Um, And, and so that was what we sold. What we sold was what, you know, you, you guys and, you know, Matt produced in terms of the uniforms and the, 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 the visual identity of the club and what Pat produced on the social media side. Um, you know, that, those are the things that we sold to players and, um, you know, knowing that, that, and having confidence that, that, that we were going to be able to, to, to also produce a really good training environment. Um, and so we attracted serious soccer players that wanted, you know, their central, um, you know, the, the, the central reason why they were coming up here was to train and to play and now they'll be able to see that they can play in like a really uh, exciting environment. I mean, that, that, that part of it is, is unique in the Northeast for sure. Um, you know, there's other clubs, Des Moines and, you know, Flint city and, and, and some of these places um, that, that, that have really good supporters uh, lions bridge who we played last year. Um, but there aren't many in the Northeast um, if any. Uh, and so that part is, is, is incredibly unique. Um, we thought we could attract players up here. You know, honestly, we did. We, we, we thought we could. Um, but, but it was certainly, uh, different last year, uh, than it is this year. I and mean, we have all the visuals and, and everything that, everything that we sold last year, there are actual visuals for, uh, this year, which makes it, um, a lot easier and a lot harder in, in, in other ways. You know, we, we had to turn down a lot of really good guys that, um, it would, those were not comfortable conversations to have, obviously. So, um, you know, but those are the good problems to have. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say I was surprised that we, that we, um, were able to attract people and, and, and players. Definitely. There's a lot of guys that had never been to Vermont before, but to a man, every single guy that we had last year that was still eligible to come back and play that didn't, you know, sign pro contracts, like they all wanted to come back. Um, and that's, that's what we wanted. That's been the most, you know, one of the most rewarding pieces of this is, is that players wanted to come back, uh, to Vermont, to our community, to the club, to the supporters, um, to the training environment, obviously, you know, all that stuff's really, really, uh, been great. And so not to, you know, cast any aspersions on the recruitment drive last year, but do you feel like the success and the proven concept of last season has allowed you to recruit from higher programs this year? Um, it's hard to recruit from much higher programs, you know, to be, to be honest, like, like, you know, you look at what Vermont did this year, look at what Creighton did this year. Um, you look at, at what, you know, Cornell did this year and Penn and, 
Um, you know, obviously we only had a, a, a couple, you know, one guy from Penn, he, he didn't play last year, but, you know, you look at what all those, what all those programs um, did, you know, Bilal at UNH, like, like those were all NCAA tournament teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's opened up some doors. It's, it's, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it's definitely opened up some doors, but, um, you know, we, we, we had guys coming from top, top programs already. So I think we'll be deeper, um, this year. Uh, but you know, you just, it's soccer. You just never know how, how, how things are going to kind of shake out. Um, but we're definitely, you know, more set up, uh, this year for, for, um, certainly for the end of the season and the play in the playoffs, if we can make it, um, we're definitely in a good place right now for that, but a lot can happen between now and then. So. So I have like a, uh, kind of a chicken or the egg kind of question. Um, and it kind of segues from, from your conversation about how you recruit players, but, um, does, is your system as flexible, um, as it needs to be to, in order to uh, suit the players that you have or that you have recruited, or on the other side, are you specifically recruiting players to fit your system? Yeah. So that changed a lot from, from this year to last year or or from last year to this year, I should say, you know, last year, one of the questions that I got from a lot of college coaches was like, well, what kind of players are you looking for? And I was like, I was like, I don't know. You know, like I, 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 we just want the best, like the most quality that we could possibly get. Um, and we would figure out how we wanted to play, um, you know, when everybody was here. Um, we, we, we certainly, you know, wanted, wanted this to be a possession oriented, um, you know, attacking team, uh, you know, that, that was, that was expansive. And we felt like, um, we felt like, you know, we knew going into the summer that, that, you know, different than during the college season, the substitution rules are different and the, uh, the weather is very different. And so that, that has a major impact on just the pacing of the game and how you want to play. And, um, so we knew that going in, but I will say that this year, like we recruited players that we thought would fit what developed, um, last year from the team, um, in terms of, you know, how we would build and, and, you know, how we would create, um, you know, opportunities. And then, uh, you know, to be quite honest, like the defensive side of it was very secondary. Whereas like in college, like that is like one a for a lot of us, um, with how we want to want to kind of build our teams. Um, but again, uh, you know, we want to entertain, um, the fans and we want the players to enjoy the football. Um, and, you know, to do that, we have to, uh, put an emphasis on, on, you know, being a possession oriented attacking team. And, and, you know, that's, that's what we've done and what we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully continue to do, um, for most games that we play in. Obviously it's not going to be that way every game, but, but you hope it is in most games. So, um, yeah, last year, the answer is, you know, we, we were just trying to bring in as many quality players as we could this year. Like we were pretty, um, we had a pretty good idea of the kinds of players that we wanted in different spots and, and, and targeted those guys within the different programs that we were recruiting from. I, I, uh, I, I think I said this on the podcast before, but uh, I'm a, uh, you mentioned uh possession-based ball. Uh, and I think, um, for me, a lot of that begins not not necessarily with a defense and, and being able to play out from the back, but um, but with a strong, strong midfield in and seeing guys like, uh, you know, I like to call him one of our own, Charlie Adams, um, you know, kind of blossom throughout the season. Um, I, I, I felt that your 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 attack came a lot from from. from you know, defensive midfielders, um, and, and, and being able to build up from actually the midfield and, and that, that kind of allowed you guys to kind of settle in a little higher up on the defense, um, and not have to play. So, you know, so much of a park, the bus against the, against the stronger, the stronger attacking teams. Um, so 
how have you built your midfield around those returning midfielders that we have that, that, that you've actually brought back this year? Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be very similar um, just in terms of the personnel, right? Like, you know, with Dan and Rodri and um, you know, I think Alfredo probably be back as well. Um, and then, you know, adding a couple guys, you know, a guy like, like Giorgio Probo from, from Creighton's a fantastic mm-hmm. passer and has tremendous passing range. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and on top of that, like, like I would go back even further to our, you know, the, the center backs and, um, and kind of how they set the table for our team. And, 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 you know, I think, you know, we bring back, you know, Mark O'Neill will be back and then, um, you know, obviously Jake Ashford is back, um, and, you know, adding, adding guys like, like Nate Jones from Washington and, uh, Diego, uh, Ochoa from Boston college. I mean, he's a fantastic passer of the ball. He's got an amazing left foot. Um, you know, same thing, Zach Barrett, like those guys are going to be setting the table for our, our attacking players. So, um, yeah, that was a big requirement for us was that, you know, all of our, um, defenders could pass. <laughs> and that's not, you know, that that's not necessarily um the most important thing for everybody at the back um but for us it was we felt like like that 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 was kind of the first quality that we wanted from 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 our our center backs and then you know even our our you know um you know our wing backs or our uh you know our full backs are fantastic footballers or at least we believe that they are so you know guys like Nate Messer and and uh Miguel Ventura and um, I think you, everybody's going to love Bernardo Prego. Like he's, he's a fantastic footballer, like really attacking minded right back. Um, we've got a couple guys from Washington that we haven't announced yet that are coming as well. So, you know, I, I think it starts from those players. Um, and even, even the goalkeepers being, being good, you know, you know, Nate Schur, Schnur and, uh, and Nick both like very good with their feet. So, um, that's a big part of it, right? Like, so, uh, you know, that, that, that was, uh, I think you'll see a similar style of play, uh, this year, hopefully we can cut out some of them, some of the, the, the goals that we conceded in transition, um, this year, that'll be more of an emphasis for sure. Cause we were pretty wide open at times. Um, but, uh, we're, we're excited to have players that we think can set the table really well for, for, for our midfielders and our attacking players. So. So it sounds like you're pretty settled with some of the big names for the defense and the midfield, but are you still looking for those final pieces in the attack or is that something that's been done and is just not announced yet? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, some of the players just haven't been announced yet. Like we're, we're, we're pretty, um, we're, we're in a good, good spot right now. Obviously you're always looking to add, you know, high quality players and, you know, guys that can help, um, can help us win games. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, you know, guys like like Gavork Diarbian is a fantastic uh player from from Providence College, like really exciting attacking player. Um, you know, Zach Zengi from from uh Georgetown, you know, been playing at really high level. He's somebody that they're very excited about. Um, we've got a couple forwards that we'll be announcing soon, you know, a guy from Creighton, um, a former UVM player that'll be back, uh that 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 um you know hasn't been with us before. Um, that's a really, you know, really good attacking player. And then, um, you know, the kid, the kid Dennis from, from Davidson and, you know, he's from Wisconsin. Like he, he scored like 10 goals this year at Davidson as a freshman. And, um, you know, he, he, he's another, another guy that we're very excited about. So, you know, I don't want to miss anybody. There's a lot of really good players coming in, in in those attacking areas and we should be able to rotate the team throughout the summer. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting and obviously exciting to, to not announce, you know, some of those guys in the coming, in the coming days, uh, and weeks, but, um, yeah, we're, we're in a, we we feel like we're in a pretty good spot right now. Like I said, we're, we're always looking like, but, um, you know, we've had things in, in, in a pretty good spot since maybe the beginning, you know, since February one, really. I think that, uh, one of the, one of our, I think that my favorite things about having a team that, you know, invites some guys back and brings in new new guys every single year is that kind of anticipation. Uh, well, it's, we're just getting that anticipation for the first time this year, but um, how we kind of all of us uh, in, in the, in the Bahois group uh, kind of 
formed our own little, uh, you know, fan clubs for, for each of the different players. And, uh, yep. you know, some of the folks loved Diva and some of the folks loved, we all loved Sammy. Um, and, and, and I was a big, I was a big fan of Charlie Adams myself, but yeah, um, it, I, I think that part of that anticipation of who's coming and who's going to be um, the way that, that the team and the club is, is releasing uh, player names that are coming into the club uh, is really exciting. And it also actually allows a lot of us like fanboys the chance to kind of do our YouTube research on the players and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think you guys have done a great job of bringing, bringing in new talent and, and bringing, uh, bringing back some of the old talent. And and I'm sure that's really going to help you guys to um, be able to like the new guys to be able to understand the system, the way, the way that you envision it. Um, but I just, I just want to commend you guys like, on on your choice of players and, and from what i've seen through my like my youtube research and and uh a couple of the guys from rhode island and uh and uh nate out from washington like he was super impressive to watch on well on youtube you know but you don't get a lot of super super highlights you know out of ncaa soccer but um i, I i'm just very excited and, and i'm very uh, interested to see how the little fan bases kind of develop throughout throughout our season here but, yeah oh. it's, it's incredibly exciting i mean that's that's you know and, and you know the the green mountain boys and all the supporters that, that that we've had like honestly like that was that was a very big selling point for us this year and and uh was was you know that experience that professional kind of experience for our players that um that they don't necessarily get uh in their colleges and and um you know, for a lot of them, like, like, like I remember like the Creighton guys walking off the field after the first game last year, they get massive crowds, uh, on a consistent basis, uh, at Creighton, but they were like, this is crazy. Like just because the energy was different and it was consistent and there was noise. And, um, it was just, you know, for those guys, like they were hooked from, from that first game, uh, against Blackrock, uh, at home, like, you know, all the guys, uh, were excited about that. And, and, and it helps us, um, we have a really good carrot to, to kind of get the most out of, you know, all of our players. They want to be in the 18 for that, for those games. Um, and, you know, it's the hard part of the job for, for, for me and, and, you know, Chris and stage and the guys in, on, on the staff is, is kind of, you know, picking who's going to play in each game. And uh, you know, that part of it is, is hard, but, but that competition is what uh, that competition every day at training is what is going to help these guys kind of progress um, you know, in their careers, that was one of the best experiences that I had as a player was, you know, when I was playing for the Cape Cod Crusaders was, you know, I, I wanted to be the left winger. That's where I wanted to play because I was right footed and I wanted to be able to cut in and score goals. And so I had to like fight for that spot. And I had, you know, Felix Briant who played professionally for years that wanted that spot. And he, he, uh, he played for the revs and played overseas. And I think he played for the impact a little bit before, uh, they were an MLS club and, um, you know, there were a couple other guys that, that, that actually got drafted in that year that I had to like fight off every day at training. And, um, you know, having that kind of sense of urgency to be able to get your spot or keep your spot, uh, that, that, that's huge for these players to, to continue to progress and, um, you know, get what they want out of this experience, which is, uh, a lot of things, but you know, the, 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 the number one hook that kind of brings them in is, is, uh, the opportunity to play and improve through, through, through the course of the summer, because, you know, I'd say 99% of these guys, you know, maybe there's one or two that don't want to be, you know, that, that their goals are not to be professionals, but, um, it's a hundred percent that's where they all want to be. So, uh, that's why they're, you know, that's why they, they, they come here for the summer and, and, um, or a big part of that re- big part of the reason. So, so speaking huge. of the crowds, so how do you manage the players in away games? Because obviously the approach is different where you don't have the energy boost from the crowd. Yeah. I, I think these guys are pretty, I was impressed with how professional they were from game to game. Um, you know, even, you know, just starting the first game that we played against Boston city, like, you know, they, they were already pretty like, 
in love with the club right away um, just based on the feeling that they got for the first, you know, we had a week of training essentially. And and then we played a game. We didn't have any, any uh, friendlies or anything like that. So, um, you know, they're, they're very professional. Uh, they go down to do a job. We didn't do as well on the road um, to be honest. Like, like we, 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 we dropped some points that we shouldn't have, uh, but it wasn't really for, for poor performance. It was just, you know, games where things just kind of didn't go our way and we were a little bit unlucky. Um, you know, even, you know, the game that we lost at Black Rock, like it could have been two or three, nothing for us early in that game. And so, um, you know, those, th- those things will happen, but you know, we don't have to do a ton to motivate them to be professional with how they, they, they go about, you know, preparing and playing a match. Um, the guys were great. I I, uh, <clears throat> I have to say that like uh, I I think the most fun games that that I watched were games in which uh, you, you guys didn't come out on top with Seacoast games. Um, I think they were the most hard fought games, um, and they, I think they were both were they both one nil? Was that uh, two one and one nil? Yeah, two one and one nil. Two okay. one at home, and, and it was one nil on the road. Yeah. Um, and I didn't actually know what Seacoast was all about until, until this year, um, when my son had to, got to play in their tournament in Maine. Yeah. Um, and, and going up and seeing all the different Seacoast youth teams, uh, coming, coming up and, uh, then and my son obviously asked me, are they the same club? <laughs> and, yeah. and I, and I said, I said, yeah. And I said, that's, that's how they do some of their recruiting and, and they bring those, those kids up through and then they have the Academy and, and they have, you know, I've noticed a lot of these USL two teams, but just by doing some research, uh, just basic, basic Google research have a lot of these uh, youth clubs. They're, they're kind of affiliated with, or they have their own youth clubs. Uh, does having, uh, and this is just as a parent of a of a youth player. Does having these youth clubs um, help you to recruit from within state as well? Like we have so many around here. Yeah, um, I know I Far think... Post is kind of like trying to develop like a, an academy kind of system, and yeah, and and where they're going. I think they they have some great ideas going forward, but like. I guess, yeah, I'll let you change the question instead of cutting yeah, you off again. But. Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously our thing is a little different from, you know, Seacoast or the Bolts. You know, the Bolts, was that was my youth club. That's who I played for growing up. Um, it's who I coached for, you know, back in Boston uh, when I was there. So, um, you know, the Bolts, Western Mass, like those, those clubs all have youth clubs. And so th- there are some players that are just going to play for those clubs, regardless of, uh, you know, what other experiences might be out there. Like they're going to play for the club that they, they grew up playing for. Um, you know, we had a, a handful of, of players from, you know, that grew up playing for the bolts, right? Like, so Jack Clority played for the bolts. Um, uh, you know, Owen O'Malley had actually played for them the year before, but you know, he wasn't a, a bolts player, but uh, Joe Morrison played, you know, grew up playing for the bolts. Um, you know, there were a couple other guys as well that, that, that had experience playing, you know, with that club. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it, it's, you know, it's something that, that that we hope to have more and more players from from Vermont in, you know, in the future. Um, it's it's, uh, you know, it's not easy. Like we, we obviously have to compete at a certain level. And so, you know, the players that that, that we're going to sign for the team um, need to need to be at that level. And, and, you know, Oliver Martin obviously is one and you know, Charlie Adams is not really from our sort of local soccer scene. He's, he's more, you know, down in the New Hampshire area where he was playing, but um, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully in the future, there'll be more and more players and, and, and look like, you know, part of, part of what we hope to help uh, do is, is give that sort of vision and, and um, you know, that pathway to, to the young local players and, and um, you know, that belief that they could play, you know, for the Vermont green. And, and it is like a really exciting kind of experience to, to be able to play in front of, um, 
you know, 2,500 people at Virtue Field, you know, in front of your family and friends like that, that's, that's a pretty, pretty cool, unique thing. And, and for some kids, that'll be enough motivation to, to maybe make a commitment, um, to, to being, um, a serious soccer player at, at 13, 14, 15, when, um, you know, when it's required. So, uh, hopefully we can be a part of that. Um, and, you know, it'd be great to have, you know, more and more sort of youth, you know, local youth players that, that we see come from those clubs that, that play for us in the future. I can say, uh, like I said, as a parent, like I, I just, and a fan, uh, just love seeing the engagement you guys have with these youth clubs. It's, it's yeah. really a huge thing for these kids, even though, you know, 90% of them are out in the back playing on the field out back, but <laughs> during the games, but like yeah, yeah. these kids get together and, and I can say like, I, I'm going to shout out my, my, uh, my son and my, his, his buddy, Noah, who you think they're going to be Vermont green players in the future. So that's at, awesome. both at 10 years old. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty great. And I said, you're going to have to go through, you're going to have to get through stage first, but <laughs> yeah. And again, for me, like, like it was, uh, you know, I, I don't remember what the league was called. Was that the, I don't remember what it was called back then, but, but, you know, the Boston, it was the Boston bolts were, uh, the professional team in the area, uh, where I grew up, they played at Nickerson field at, at Boston university. And that was before the revolution were, were, were around. And, um, you know, I used to go to all those games and be a ball boy and, you know, do everything that I could to be around those, those, those players. So, um, you know, that was kind of, you know, was, my that, was, experience. was that the league with like Baltimore blast and that kind of, I, I think the they, Black- they played against the, the only team I ever, I remember them playing against was, was the New Jersey Eagles. Um, okay. And that was because my, my college coach was the coach of that team. Um, and then, you know, my club coach had played for the Bolts, Brian Ainscoff, who actually directs the, he's the, the, the director of the Bolts now. Um, and he played for them years ago. And then, you know, I played for him with the Bolts and then, worked with him with the Eagles and then went to Boston college and played for Ed Kelly. He was the coach of the New Jersey Eagles team. And so, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was exciting, like going to those games when I was a kid. So I remember what that was like. And, um, you know, now we have that in our community, which is, which is wonderful. Ooh, we have a listener question. This is great. I love listener questions. Uh, my other podcast doesn't get so many listener questions. Cause half of, half of our fan base is, uh, overseas, but, gotcha. um, <laughs> um, the question, uh, comes from, uh, Tyson and it says, uh, what would it mean to this team if we managed to sell out home games on a, on a regular basis and how much energy does a packed house bring to the players? Yeah, it's a total game changer. Um, you know, I, I think we didn't know that the game against Western mass was going to sell out until like, probably a few, you know, a few hours before it was like, this is, this is, this place can be sold out and, you know, they're, they're going to have to turn people away. And, you know, we told the guys that, you know, in the, in the locker room, we're like, (laughs) you know, get, get ready. It was hot. We were, we, we, we had had a bunch of players that, that, that were no longer, you know, that, that had left to go on vacations before their, their college seasons, um, you know, at that point. And obviously Western Mass was coming in on this, this big winning streak. And, you know, we were going to have to, we had, we had to shuffle some things around. We we're going to have to play very different than the way we had played, uh, you know, during the regular, you know, during the, 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 the body of the season. And, and, uh, you know, I do think like without the fans that day, like, do you get through those difficult physical moments, you know, as a, as, as a game goes on, it's really hot. And like Owen O'Malley that day was so sick. Like, uh, you know, he didn't train the day before he was throwing up all night, the night before. And he was just like, like he played 45 minutes in that game. And like, after like 20 minutes, he was cooked. He was absolutely cooked. And, you know, we needed him to get to halftime and he did. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it would have a massive impact, uh, on our team. And, and that's the hope, right. Is that, is that we, we do sell out games during the regular, you know, during the beginning of the season through the middle of the season. Um, because, you know, that kind of energy is, is infectious for the players. It's intimidating for the opposition and it gives us a massive advantage. Like you can't overstate how important, um, the, the fan support is, um, you know, you, you, I think, like I said, like about the way games, like the guys are very professional and, and, you know, their focus and, and, 
you know, all that stuff is going to be on point regardless. But when things get uncomfortable, when you're, you know, you're tired and you need that little bit of a, a pick me up, like the fans are there to provide that. And, and it makes all the difference in the world. We got another listener question from uh, Robert who says, what away game would the boys most be needed at? So traveling support, where would you want to see everybody come down? Um, man, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, look, there's, there's the bolt seacoast and, uh, Western mass, like, like those are, are obviously, um, really difficult games. Um, for us, I mean, you know, obviously the seacoast one is a, is probably a shorter trip. The Western mass, like that stadium is super cool. Um, you know, I've been used to go to games as a kid in that stadium to watch the pioneers play. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're the closest thing to what, what we have in terms of, um, you know, sort of the atmosphere during game day. And it's such a a cool old stadium, um, in a, in a, in one of the, in the best soccer community in Massachusetts in fairness, Ludlow, like it's, it's a always been a really cool soccer community. It's a really big, um, Portuguese community there. And, you know, you walk in and there's a big statue of, of uh, Eusebio when, you, when right when you walk in and and it's it's just a a cool place to play a game. Like you go in, we were in the bottom of uh, you know the locker rooms are like you know they were probably built in the 60s or something or the <laughs> 70s and they're just like you know very old and the guys were were all like what what's going on here and this is so and I was like this is awesome <laughs> like we were it was like being in the in in the you know, uh, the movie victory with Sylvester Stallone and Pele and them like just in this weird locker room in, a, in, you know, underneath the stadium. And it was, it was awesome. So look, any, any place where we can have our supporters there with us, huge bonus. Um, but I think that, that the trips that, that our supporters would enjoy the most would be, you know, Western mass, the bold seacoast, like, uh, you know, j- just because of the, you know, the, the, the natural rivalries that are, that are kind of developing, uh, but the Western Mass trip's pretty. That's a pretty cool place to go uh, watch a soccer game. I can I can tell you that uh, I'm not muted. I'm okay. <laughs> I have a tendency to mute. Um, but uh, I can tell you that we do have uh, a small contingent that is already uh, is already on board for the Bolts game for so for your first match. Uh, you're yeah, gonna have, awesome. You're gonna have a bunch of us there. Yeah, that's great. I got I got a lot of stick from the. Uh, from the bolts brass during, uh, during that game, uh, last year, just because, you know, my ties there are incredibly strong. I'm a lot of the most important people in my life still involved in that, in that club. And actually my, my college roommate is coaching that team this year. So, uh, there's a little bit, little bit extra on the line, um, right up, right out of the gate. Uh, so yeah, we need, we need to win those games. Otherwise I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be hearing it. So well, they're he's be actually in- a season ticket holder. He's actually a Vermont green, uh, season <laughs> ticket holder, uh, that's coaching another team. So <laughs> I hope, I hope they're going to be in for a shock then. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause when, when Christian, uh, takes that goalie shirt off and, uh, and shows his bony little body, uh, to the, to the rest of the, to the rest of the people there and, and shouts with his bike, uh, his bike hat on. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be, yeah. it's going to get real then. That'll <laughs> <laughs> no, be good. We can't um, wait. So a uh, question we asked, uh, we asked last week uh, of one of our guests or not last week, two weeks ago. Um, what's your favorite flavor of creamy? And, and mm-hmm. obviously do you know what a creamy is? Of course I know what a creamy is. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a uh, chocolate vanilla twist guy. All right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right, Diva had no idea what it was. <laughs> That's my fault. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll take them. We'll take them to get creamies uh, as a team this year. It'll be a team trip. Instead of going to the beach for a day, you can. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can get the creamies. Yeah, we'll get that taken care of right off the bat this year. That where I'm from, that was called soft serve, but I know soft that they're serve, yeah. really creamies now. Yeah, yeah, they're all creamies up here. Um, and, and the correct answer is uh, maple. By the way, just so you know. I like maple too. You can you can do maple black raspberry twist. That's fine as well. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I was gonna say. So. Yeah. <laughs> the the ma- maple chocolate twist is good too. I, I the black raspberry. I, I don't like fruit in my uh, mm. in my um, ice cream. I think I think that's true. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um. So 
I guess uh, we're coming up on time, but I get, I just have one more question for you. Um, as, as far as like sponsorships go um, and having, having the beer sponsored, having the ice cream sponsored doesn't necessarily scream like fitness. Um, <laughs> but there's, there, there, there are both things that are kind of uniquely Vermont. Um, yep. How how does that like play in and not necessarily to the health of the club as far as like fitness health, but like the health of the club, like long term, like developing relationships that you're going to have long term with the club. Uh, obviously, like Sun Common is basically is your main is your main uh, kit sponsor, yeah. but you have Burlington Beer and you have Ben and Jerry's. Like how how big is that sponsorship for the for the club? Those sponsorships for the club. Yeah, it's a, honestly a tough one for me to answer because I'm not, just not as involved in that in that right. area. Um, that's not really my department. What I would say is that as a Vermonter and as um, you know, somebody that 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 you know loves this community, like having Ben and Jerry's uh, as a sponsor is just exciting. Like you know, I grew up in Boston, like, but I know what Ben and Jerry's is. Um, you know, and then getting here and to be quite honest, like, like the, the, uh, the culture around, um, you know, IPAs and, 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 you know, the beer that's created, uh, here. Yeah. Me too. So yep. I got a little sip here. Oh, a little um, sip. All right. I went with so, the BB Co's super lemon haze tonight. Yeah. I should have, I, I should have grabbed myself a BB <laughs> tonight, but, um, but that culture, like, honestly, it is very Vermont. It, it, it is, um, you know, one of the things that, that, that people come here for, you know, I will say like, uh, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but Jamie Clark, right. Who's the, 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 the head coach at, at, uh, at Washington, uh, was in town recently. And he literally went from like, you know, uh, white river junction all the way up to, to Burlington and stopped at like every brewery on the way (laughs) and sent it all back to, uh, back to Seattle where he lives. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a big part of, of the community and, you know, something that obviously, um, you know, I enjoy quite a bit, uh, you know, it's, and it's not healthy, (laughs) the Ben and Jerry's and the, uh, the, uh, the local beer has definitely, you know, I've been here for eight years. It's definitely, um, stuck with me. Right. Um, but, uh, (laughs) You know, it, it it is Vermont and it is, um, you know, some really just like high quality, like, like it's very representative of the quality that we produce here, I think. Um, and like, look, there's no better ice cream than Ben and Jerry's. Like it doesn't exist. I, I haven't found it. Um, you know, people uh, come from all, like I live in Waterbury and so I live right down the street from, from uh, the factory and, you know, th- that place is packed all the time. So um so i live down the street from from the alchemist and and all these places and and it's it is it's such a cool part of our community and uh people enjoy it and it's social and um the way that those companies tend to operate uh at least the ones that we work with are very in line with the club's mission around around you know you know being an environmentally you know friendly and and sustainable club and and that's very much what what Vermont is about right so it's all there's a lot of synergy there it's all very um you know in line with what Vermont is about and um you know it's it's pretty cool but again like the quality of those companies right it's like there's there's more to them than just what they produce like like there's more to the people that work there and the way that they take care of their employees and the way that um the way that they they give back to their communities so it's uh yeah i i you know you'd have to talk with uh with matt and sam and pat about that you know in, in a little bit more depth but um you know it's not lost on us on the on the technical side sort of some of those relationships and how important they are for our club and um you know how uh representative those companies are of our values uh, i think it's really important good yeah will you got any last thoughts my friend well, well i suppose i guess the question for you is you know and maybe you know your answer on this is limited but where do you see the program in the next five years uh that that's that's a hard 
question to answer, but I only see growth. Um, I do know, like we have some of the, you know, the guys who founded this club are so smart. Um, they're so committed. Um, you know, they're driven by, 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 by passion and, um, you know, real care, um, about the club and the community and, and the amount of, of, uh, you know, all of us joke all the time, like, you know, this isn't our full-time job, any of us, but like, this is where our minds are a lot of the time, just because we have so much fun, uh, with the community and so much fun, um, you know, together. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, I don't know where the club will be five years from now, but I guarantee that it'll be in a better place than it is today. Um, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that, that really care, um, you know, about, about the club, about, you know, what the club represents and, you know, the, the, the good times that we get to have together in the summer. Um, you know, that's not that, that real sort of experience. And, and we talk about it all the time. Like we've got our group chat and we talk about vibes all the time. Like we're living for those, for those summer vibes and, and uh, you know, what that kind of um, what that community feeling sort of gives, gives to all of us and, and hopefully what it gives to the community as well. Um, we can't wait to get going again. Yeah. And, and for us, uh, I, I, I gotta say that like um, we can't wait to be, to be, hugging those players as they jump up on, yeah. you know, onto, onto our row of flags and, 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 and engage with us as well. And, um, and we are excited to get together in the parking lot and in the stands and in the, in the South end of the stands um, and, and, and to maybe shoot off some, uh, some flares that might not actually uh, set shirts and stuff on fire this year. So yeah. <laughs> do it. No, I think, I think, you know, the feeling's the same and, and it's funny, like amongst, you know, the staff and, you know, we don't joke around with the players about it that much, but like, you know, I wish I was over there with you guys because so, <laughs> um, it is stressful on the sideline and, you know, I don't get to jump around with, with, with all of you. I, I've, I've just got the referees over to the, there to yell at. And, uh, um, but yeah, certainly, you know, we, we feel it from, from our side of the field. We can't get too like caught up in it uh, because we've got a job to do, but um, you know, we, I might, I might have to to retire from the job, you know, halfway through the season just so that I can go over and, uh, and hang out with you all during the game. <laughs> it looks like a good time, but um, no, it's, it's awesome. We really appreciate you all and, and what you're doing and bringing to the team. Like it's, it's, it's not lost on, on us as like, you know, the adults in the club, but the players feel it as well. And they feel the same way. Like it's, it's, we're, we're all working together to try to produce, you know, the best product that we can um, and win as many games as we can. Like there's a lot more to this club, but we do still want to win games and, you know, because that's fun. Right. And, and uh, you know, we want to have, we want to have fun with you guys doing that and look, you know, as much as, uh, you know, we know it's going to be a fight just to get into the the playoffs. There's only two teams from each from, from our conference this year. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of work to do to get there, but, uh, you know, what would that be like hosting, um, playoff games? Uh, and I think that, that, you know, you guys and, uh, the ownership group, like they've proven that, that we're capable of producing a pretty special environment. So, you know, if we put ourselves in that position, um, to make the playoffs this year is, is, you know, the players and the staff, uh, you know, I think that the reward for, for, for our supporters will be, will be great. So, um, that's, that, that's the goal is, is, is to, is to have as many of those environments for our community, um, for the players and for, for, for our supporters as possible so that we can collectively kind of, you know, show people how much we, how much we love soccer and how much we love, um, you know, our community. And, and uh, if we win, we get to do it more. So uh, ho hopefully that's, that's the way it will go this year. Well, look, Adam, we're so glad that you uh, came on um, and gave us some of your time. You know, the one thing I want to say is that don't wear a suit. Because I did, and I got horrendously mocked. So that's what I'll leave you with. wearing a suit. <laughs> it was like 847 degrees that day. Yeah, it's too hot. It's too, too hot. hot. It's too hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I won't. Yeah. 
And and and, uh, and to Christian, uh, if you listen to this, keep your shirt on, dude. Uh, just get a regular shirt. Don't you don't have to go with a goalkeeper shirt. Um, but to the to to you, you coach. Uh, thank you for a great season last season. We look forward to uh, many more fun times this season, uh, no matter what the results. And uh, and like I've told all of our uh, all of our guests so far, don't feel bad if we yeah uh, you know if we take the piss out of you just for a week or two, you know, if, if we don't feel that uh, you've lived up to our expectations. <laughs> All right. I'll do my best. <laughs> <at this game. laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, so this has been United in green uh, for another week. Uh, join us again in a couple of weeks when we have as our guest dot, dot, dot. Uh, if you have any suggestions, uh, go ahead and throw them our way. Uh, we are on Facebook. We're on uh most prevalently on uh, Instagram and uh, soon to be on Twitter. I think if Will can uh, figure out the Twitter machine, because uh, I'm old and can't figure it out, but um, <laughs> we're working on that. We're working on that <laughs> uh, from, from all of us here at United in green up the green, up the green, up the green.